You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Jose Pavone here reporting live from Georgetown University where the Celtics have just wrapped up practice as they gear up for Game 4 against the Washington Wizards. Sunday night, they have a chance to grab a 3-1 lead in their best-of-seven series. Now, moments before we got here, the news broke that Kelly Oubre will, in fact, be suspended for Game 4. Celtics players, along with Celtics head coach Brad Stevens, responded to the suspension just moments ago. No reaction. We've got to play better than we did the other day, regardless of who's playing. I mean, it's not my decision. It's their decision. They made the decision. I always thought it was. But, uh, you know, for us right now, we just got to go in and win Sunday. The league did what, the league did what they had to do. I mean, he should be suspended. I mean, if you do that, that's, that should be automatic. But we're not really worried about him or what they're doing. We're just we're worried about Celtics right now. While the Celtics' offense struggled in Game 3, Brad Stevens pointed to the effort by the Washington Wizards as the biggest reason why they were able to get out to such a big lead. The thing that I saw that they did the other day, you know, obviously they put a lot of attention on Isaiah as every team that we play does, right? And, but the thing I saw is they did it really hard. They were playing exceptionally hard, and that's the deal. It's not how many guys, it's how hard those guys are playing. And so that's a credit to them. Um, but Isaiah's played against you know, doubles and triples and all that other stuff all year. Um, and we just all have to be better. And, you know, that's, you know, that's everybody in, on, the, on the roster, on the bench, on the coaching staff. We all have to do a better job of helping each other in those moments. But, again, credit Washington. They, they played really well, and they played really hard, um, much harder than we did. Well, that's going to do it from us at Celtics practice at Georgetown University. I am Josie Pavone, CLNS Media. Welcome into another edition of the Garden Report, coming at you live from Washington, D.C., where the Celtics have just dropped two in a row and are now tied up in their best-of-seven series. The Celtics lost 121-102 to against the Washington Wizards. I'm Joseph Pavone. I'm joined by a Boston media legend, Butch Stern. From so all that means is I'm old when you call me a legend. <laughs> you know, it still makes you legendary. Come on, Butch. Don't sell yourself short here. I appreciate you taking the time to break this one down. Uh, Butch from Boston 25. Butch. We, whenever you see a 26-0 run, I mean, we don't see it often, but when that does happen, typically the team does win. Unfortunately, the Celtics were on the bad end of that 26-0 run. What do you think happened throughout that stretch, and why did the Washington Wizards continue to come out with these huge runs against the Boston Celtics throughout the season? Well, what I think happened is what's happened in the NBA for years. The refs favor the home teams in the playoffs, and I'm not trying to sound like Tommy Heinsohn. Isaiah Thomas went to the podium afterwards and said he didn't like it. 
I like to hear that from him. He's probably going to get fined. It tells me he's going to be into it and wants to expect the same type of treatment when he gets at home. Right. But let's give the Wizards a little bit of credit here. You don't go on a 26-0 run without really being intense, without really getting it done. But home court matters more in the NBA than almost any other sport, football, baseball, mm -hmm. even hockey. When it comes to the postseason, I think the Wizards and Celtics are proving that. This is now eight games they've played, counting the regular season. Right. Not one road game has been won by an opposing team. But, Butch, a lot of these turnovers are coming at tough stretches. I mean, in that third quarter, of course, there were a lot of Celtics turnovers. And one of the biggest things that's been plagued this Boston Celtics team has been their opening quarter. That wasn't the case tonight. They no. had a great first quarter for the first time <laughs> this series. And, of course, comes the third quarter, and we saw a completely different ball team. Well, they saved their opening quarter woes for the second, for the second half. half right? I mean, they led 24-20. Al Horford talked to us in the locker room afterwards, and he said he was proud of how they played on the defensive end. Right. They only gave up 20 points. I mean, I think the the least they'd given up in the first three games was like 36 yeah, in each true. of the games they did. So yeah. uh, they did play well, but uh, Washington really just wanted it more than them in the second half. And that was part of it. To your point about the turnovers, though, they got to take care of the ball better. There's no doubt it's a cliche. It sounds like that. But that just snowballed from there. Yeah. I mean, think about this, Josue. They led. They scored the first five points of the second half to take mm -hmm. a five-point lead. And then Washington went on the 26 nothing run. Yep. So they got to stop that. One of the questions that... Stephen, uh, excuse me, uh, A. Sherrod Blakely asked Brad Stevens, and he took it from me because I couldn't wait to ask him because it was driving me nuts, the timeout situation. I know the stretch was about, I want to say, 11 or 12-0 run before Stevens ultimately decided to take that timeout. Do you think it was a bad idea for him to not call an additional timeout and let that run stretch to 26? Do you think it makes much of a difference? What's your take on that? Well, I think it's a legitimate criticism. I mean, when that team goes on a 26-0 run, you got to, try to stem the tide any way yeah, you can. Sure. But really, I think that was a run that snowballed faster than I've seen a lot of runs ever, mm -hmm. the way it happened. I mean, they had two three-point plays in a row, the Wizards did. So you had stoppages there, and then they had turnovers after that. So should Stevens have called a timeout? Well, yes, in hindsight. It's like asking me if John Farrell should have taken Craig Kimball out if he gave <laughs> up the game-winning home run. It's the wrong move <laughs> based Good on point. the result. Right. Absolutely. Well, we'll see how this Celtics team bounces back. I can't wait to see how, what's going to happen at the Garden Game 5. Which Celtics team are we going to see? I mean, because they certainly look rattled. Isaiah Thomas not only complained about the foul situation, he didn't get to the free throw line once, but he also talked about his guys being what he called shook, you know, not mm -hmm. wanting to knock down those big shots. And he says that his guys have to be able to knock down those big shots because they got a lot of open looks in this game. Yeah, and, and, and piggybacking off that, Al Horford said afterwards, he was asked if there was a frustrating thing watching the 26 nothing run. He said, no, it was a learning experience. Mm. So I think you're right. You hear Isaiah say they were shook. You hear Al Horford, two leaders on the team, yeah. saying it was a learning experience. This is still a young team. So they do have to learn from that. And Wednesday night is game five. It's going to be a big one. We're going to break that one down in part two of the Garden Report. This is a wrap for part one. Stay tuned for part two. We'll talk about game five, and we'll also get into uh, what we can expect from the Celtics bench as uh, Brad Stevens continues to throw out a different starting five, it feels like, throughout this entire series. Stay tuned for part two. We're coming up next. <laughs> Welcome into part two of the Garden Report. Coming at you live from Washington, D.C.'s Verizon Center where the Boston Celtics have dropped another big one. Butch Stearns is here, Josue Pavone. And before we get into uh, the starting lineup for game five and what we can expect to see from the Boston Celtics, I have to remind you to head over to harrys.com backslash Garden Report where you can get a free package of Harry's razors. So nice. Make sure you do that. I love those Butch. razors. Oh, are you a Harry's guy? Yeah. I mean, I'm hearing, I'm hearing nothing but great things about it. I got to try it out myself. I mean, How do I look? 
I don't grow much here, if you haven't noticed, Butch, so it's not really on the top of my to-do list, but it is something I do want to check out because I hear nothing but great things about it. So uh, I have to check out that, uh, that free package. But anyways, back to Boston Celtics basketball. Game five, Butch, we saw Amir Johnson out here. I mean, for him to be in that starting lineup, that is what we saw in game two, which was the last time the Celtics put together a win in this best of seven series. What can we expect in game five? Do we see Brad Stevens check up the lineup, or do you see him go with Amir Johnson? What do you well, think? I don't know happen? what we can expect. I would, what I would expect is he's going to start Amir Johnson. What I would do is start Gerald Green, because I think now this series is a best of three. Mm. It's almost a brand new series, and they have two of the games at home. And we saw what Gerald Green did providing a spark when Rajon Rondo went down and he was inserted wow. in the Bulls series. Now, that was on the road, and this is going to be at home. But Green has a better chance to give you more offense to start the game than right. Amir Johnson does. Right. It worked here in this game here, at least in the first quarter. Amir Johnson did some nice things. They had their best first quarter of the series. But me personally, I would start Gerald Green because I want more offense to start the game. Butch, heading into the series, one of the things that the Celtics certainly had in their advantage was their bench. We saw guys like Terry Rozier put together good games. We've seen Marcus Smart struggle. What can we expect out of this bench? I mean, they really, in my opinion, I think they really need Marcus Smart to just be Marcus Smart, whether that means scoring 12 points, huge defensive stops, heads-up plays. I mean, we haven't really seen that side of Marcus Smart in this series. What do you think is holding him back? Well, here's the frustrating thing to me. If we throw out that third quarter, which a lot of the Celtics would like to do, yeah. right? <laughs> let's not forget in this game tonight here, it was halftime. It was 48-48. to 48. Mm. T Tell me if I'm wrong if you saw the same thing. Marcus Smart looked like he was breaking out of his funk. A little like bit. He, yeah, that's he, he true. Was. Right. That's a Kelly, silver lining. Yeah, that's true. Kelly Olynyk was the second leading scorer behind Isaiah, who was providing right. offense. He even did some in the third quarter. Mm -hmm. He was the only one who scored in the third quarter. So, to me, I think you're right. Rozier, Smart, Kelly Olynyk, and Avery Bradley, too. Those are the four guys behind Isaiah and Al Horford, behind Isaiah, who need to provide offense and spread it out. When they won those two games and had those comebacks, right. all four of those guys played huge roles in different ways and provided offense. Real quick, Avery Bradley, health-wise, any concerns? Do you think this is something that's going to plague him throughout this series? Does he need a little bit of rest? What's your take on it? Well, because you're not going to get any rest. They really need Avery Bradley here. We, they do, but the problem is, and this is just reality, we saw it in the locker room after game three. Avery Bradley's got a hip pointer. If you've ever had a hip pointer, I've had them in my life, they are the most painful thing in the world. It's limiting his mobility. Mm -hmm. He won't talk about it. I think it's hurting his jump shot. I think we saw it in these two games out here. You know, having a couple of days might help him here, uh, but he's going to have to show up. He's not 100%, but nobody is right now, and that hip point is going to be a big factor. Bradley could be the factor in this whole series in the next three games. I mean, the way Bradley Beal's shooting right now, I mean, 29 points tonight, John Wall is John Wall. They need Avery Bradley to be that defensive right. juggernaut, along with, of course, guys like Marcus Smart and Jay Crowder. Well, we'll see what happens in Game 5 at TD Garden. That is the next time you'll see us here, the Garden Report for Butch Stearns. I'm Joseph Pavone. Butch, again, I appreciate you taking the time. Anytime. And guys, continue to watch the playlist where you can see all the coverage from after this game from the coaches and the players as the Wizards knock off the Celtics 121-102. to This has been the Garden Report. We'll check you until next time.